The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Craig. Welcome to the show, and the season has finally concluded. The pain of it is over. You can slap a band-aid on that wound because it's starting to heal already. We had our new GM. We're going to talk about that and changes to the organization. It's a cavalcade of change coming to Oakland. Boy, what a season. This is show 519. Stay tuned for the details that in the bone line should pack it up. Alright, Raider Nation, on today's show, we will have the synopsis of the season. Synopsis. We're going to go over a little brief uh, touch on what's happened this year, what hasn't happened this year, and uh, basically run down the last two games we didn't get to, and then uh, some news on that. Mayock gets picked up as the new GM for the Oakland Raiders. I definitely have to <laughs> It's interesting. It's exciting. There's good. There's bad. We're going to talk about it. Hard knocks could be a knocking. That's right. Finally, I think the Raiders are going to have to come to terms with the fact that they're one of the few teams that have not hard knocked. And we look like we're probably going to be hard knocked this season uh, because it's our turn, uh, like going to London and playing a football game. Brother. That should round it up along with the bone line. Thanks for calling in, everybody. Um, So let's keep this party rolling. Because this is the longest-running professional sports podcast in history, period. Any podcast, ESPN, NBC Sports, you name it, the Raider Nation podcast was doing it before all these fools. I mean, everybody, the NFL, the NBA, before anybody got in, the Raiders were represented in Podcast Nation by the Raider Nation. I love it. (laughs) All right. Let's get to our first story, shall we? All right, Raider Nation, the 2018 season was an interesting one from the very beginning. From the hiring of John Gruden and firing of Jack Del Rio. And then the love fest between Gruden and Veggie McKenzie. Uh, It was almost too gooey. (laughs) It was way too gooey. You know, when they try to impress on how close you are, that's when you look about how far you are. Because obviously in this case, it was... A clear case of some serious bullshit, without a doubt. Uh, They were blowing smoke in every direction. 
And from the beginning of the season, you knew there was trouble when Mac didn't get signed. Of course, I didn't know because I thought it was going to be a done deal. Who in their right mind would get rid of a one-in-a-lifetime defensive player? Well, I guess Mark Davis and the Oakland Raiders reached a new low by not coming up with a grub to hang on with Khalil Mack, who incidentally uh, went to Chicago and kicked ass all year long. And then, of course, Cooper. Um, There is a litany of names I've gone through on my shows of players that they've let go. Uh, That's why your cap room is so large, because Mark Davis, I'm sure, sat down with uh, all the parties that be and say, we got to get rid of all the salaries. So they did. There's really no one is getting paid other than Derek Carr. Uh, Jordy Nelson might be for just this year. I don't know if they'll bring him back next year. Probably not. So 2018 starts out with a bang. Personnel moves left and right, and we start to lose. And lose in a most unentertaining and painful way. Disgusting, hard to watch. Some of the descriptions on Raider games in the 2018 season. Uh, The Broncos, the Chiefs, of course, with the golden child, Mahomes, Mahomey. He's the golden child. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, And then, of course, Old Man Rivers. They've been talking about him a lot, too. And as the Oakland Raiders sink to the very bottom of the toilet bowl, that's right, where all those those smudges and dirt, you can't get to it. That's where we are and have been for most of the 2018 season. There were a few bright spots, very few. And throughout the season, they tried to convince us that Reggie McKenzie and John Gruden were clearly on the same page and clearly focused in the same direction. That's a bullshit. Well... Obviously not, because Veggie got fired, and just recently they fired his personnel guy. Uh, So John Gruden's cleaning house. In 2018, uh, there was a good reason to do so. I don't know about any other coaches on the hot seat, but I do know that, um, that he's cleaning house. Making room for new minds, new bodies. And the coaching carousel goes on. So we'll see what this team and coaching staff looks like in 2019. An amazing season that none of us, (laughs) I mean amazing in a bad way, none of us saw coming. Especially everyone who was going to buy tickets for that year. Uh, That's the wildest and most disgusting thing for me. Uh, that the lying scumbag, John Gruden, that's what I call him because that's what I see in him. He's a lying scumbag. I hope he takes us to a Super Bowl and all that, but I've lost total respect for the guy as a man, as a someone you can put any faith into what he's saying. It's just like the president. He comes out with uh, some horse crap every now and then, and, you know, really, honestly, really. So long story short, a lot of people bought in, so that's why they sold out again this year. But they won't be back next year. The 2018 season looks like it's the last year for the Oakland Raiders playing in Oakland 
So we shall see where they play next. I hope not anywhere close to me, but there's rumors, all kinds of rumors. Uh, my my really gut feeling is they'll work out a deal with Oakland, even though Oakland sued them. I think they're going to work out some crazy, you know, overpayment deal. Oakland will get some money. The Raiders will leave, and that'll be the end of it. So ending of 2018 was uh, kind of sweet and sour at the same time. The sweet part was beating the Steelers at home on Christmas Eve. Probably the best game the Raiders played all year on every phase. The run back uh, was amazing on special teams. Probably the most exciting play of the entire season, Dwayne Harris picking up the ball on the one-foot line and running it all the way back for a TD. Excellent game. Great game for the Raider Nation. Last game in Oakland, I think, possibly. So, um, wow. Sad, sad time for all those who've gone to Oakland, seen games. Randy, season ticket holder forever. I've only been there since uh, the 13, uh, 13 seasons. I think, yeah, 13 years I've been season ticket holder. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a sad time for the Raider Nation here in the Bay Area. But uh, I can assure you that the Raiders aren't sitting there like they are here. In, in Vegas, it's all out Raiders. Everything's Raiders. Everything's Raiders this, Raiders that. So they're setting the ground rules and setting up the, the soil to plant their team there in Las Vegas and hopefully uh, have a great team and a great atmosphere and and never have to move again, I hope, because uh, it's devastating for a fan base to have a pro team leave. And, you know, I hope this lawsuit does something for the county and the city. I doubt it because it's run by uh, Grizz Jones and, well, that's all I'm going to say about that. Kansas City blew us away, which I thought was surely going to happen, and surely did, and they, they embarrassed us and left us going on to be the fourth pick uh, in the 2019 NFL Draft. That's fine with me. I'd love to have the first. We deserve it for how we played this season. Um, that's the roundup for 2018. Very sad, but very true. Raiders are in limbo for sure, but they're going to play football, that's for sure. The Oakland Raiders hire a new general manager, Mike Mayock, guy you see every single draft day in several different interviews per day, uh, is now our general manager. And, uh, well, here's a little of the press conference. Very excited about adding Mike Mayock to the Oakland Raiders. And Mike and I go back about 20 years from 1995 when I was with the Eagles. Uh, we've been friends and associates for a long time. I, I know a lot of people in this business that love football, that um, study football, but I don't really know anybody that loves it and studies it more than Mike Mayock. And for the last several years, we've been, you know, meeting behind the scenes on players. Um, talking about one day maybe working together. And uh, today's a really exciting day for me personally. I think our players will be charged by this. I think the ex-players, the future players, are going to really be excited about this acquisition as well. But 
Uh, welcome aboard, Mike. Really happy to have you here, man. Oh, appreciate it. Well, thank you. Well, I'll tell you what, I've spent most of the last 15 years behind a microphone, and uh, i got to be honest with you, I haven't been this nervous or this excited in that entire time frame. I think the last time I was this excited, I got, I got cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers the next day. But uh, I'm really happy to be here. I probably have had over 300 text messages, and the more I was just kind of scrolling through, all these football guys are reaching out saying, you and Gruden are a great fit. You guys love ball. You have a passion for it. You're going to make it work. So I think to just kind of highlight what this is all about is that John and I have talked a lot of football in the last 20 years. And I think what we're seeing is the formal unification of, of something that's been going on for a long time. I can't tell you how happy I am to be here. I'm happy to be a Raider. I, I'm starting to understand what that means. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And I'll tell you another thing is, is I'm not going to get into any other interviews I ever had except for one, and that was about 10 or 12 years ago, and I kind of flew out here clandestinely to meet Mr. Al Davis, and he took me into this building, and he hid me for about eight hours, and he grilled me on everything, as you know. And I came out of that building that day with my head spinning. Nobody really knew for a couple of years that, that he and I had talked about a potential job with the Oakland Raiders that long ago. So I, I think uh, the harmonic convergence of what's happening today is kind of cool. And having said all that, I just got to tell you, I'm jacked. I'm juiced. I'm ready to go. And uh, there's nobody I'd rather go to, go to war with than John Gruden and Mark Davis. Malika Bobineau, Oakland Post. Um, with your areas of expertise in, in football, uh, obviously this is, wasn't one of the best seasons the Raiders had. So what do you see uh, is necessary and demanding to, to focus on first in turning this franchise around? Well, I, I kind of look at it with the calendar in mind. In, in other words, free agency comes first on March 13th, and we've got to do a great job preparing for that. And, and you know, one of the great opportunities to come here and work with these guys is, is that there's, as John said, three draft picks, 11 overall, some money for free agency. So we've got to do a great job simultaneously crunching everybody that's a potential free agent while we're also working the college side. So from a potential, from the way I look at it is we got to be ready first and foremost for free agency on the 13th, and then beyond that, do a great job at the draft. And that all happens simultaneously, and the opportunity is self-evident. Like Jerry McDonald from the Bay Area News Group. Um, everybody knows about your, um, your draft work and this encyclopedic knowledge you have. We've done the conference calls with you where we, yeah. you bring up the most obscure guy and you can give us all these details. I'm curious about the... Uh, the free agency end of it and the pro-personnel yeah. side of things, how much do you, have you dealt with that in the past and, and how and that obviously now is a big part of your job? And it's a good question, Jerry. And, and I've spent more and more time on the pro side in the last seven or eight years. And, and part of it was driven by the fact that I got Thursday Night Football for our network. And part of it was a couple of coaches around the league who I trust and respect an awful lot and have helped me over the years said, Mike, if you want to take this thing to another level, you can't just be a college guy comparing college players. You've you got to take those college guys and say, does he make a pro roster? Is he a backup? Is he a starter? Is he a difference maker? And so seven or eight years ago, I made that a priority. So I've watched a, a heck of a lot more pro tape over the last seven or eight years, both to prepare for games I had and then also to try and get better at my craft. Uh, Matt Kalhar from the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, sort of similar to Jerry's question, um, how comfortable do you feel with uh, things like free agency, contract mm -hmm. negotiations, and how much 
we lean on people already in the organization for help with that. And then also to Mark and John, uh, how many uh, people did you interview for the position and how did you satisfy the uh, Rooney role? One of the things I told these guys, and I'm a big believer in when we met, was that, that I don't have all the answers. And to, to sit in there and try to pretend I did, I think, would be disingenuous. And, and the bottom line was, for me, I was very honest. There were some things I needed to, some help with. I already talked about the mechanics of the daily regimen. You know? So when you start talking about trades and negotiations and draft day and you know, being on the clock and all that, first time for me, and for real, yeah. For, but for 15 years, have I talked to all the top people in the game about what they do and why they do it? we'll spend a lot of time getting ready for that draft, trust me, and we'll be ready for free agency. And the fact that we've got people like John in the building that has a strong opinion and it's all film-based and, and his background is amazing, and we've already been talking about a lot of that stuff. Well, we, we did five or six intensive interviews of people. Um, I think of the last time when we hired Reggie McKenzie, I said when somebody asked about the... Uh, the Rooney Rule, I said, you know, we, we looked around, we finally found a guy with red hair and freckles. And this time we didn't interview any of those, but uh, we took care of the Rooney Rule. Um, as far as naming the names of the people that we talked about and talked to, I prefer if they want to come forward and do that, they can. But there's a good chance we may be hiring them to augment our staff, and so I prefer not to put their names out there for competitive reasons. Uh, Mike, I'm, I'm Scott Bear from NBC Sports here in the Bay Area. Um, kind of a two-part question. One, if, have, have you done a, a deep dive in, into the current state of the Oakland Raiders roster and how important, and, and the second part is, how important is it for you to hit the ground running considering how much salary cap space that this team has and the fact that it has three draft picks in the top 35. I'm sorry, four draft picks in the top 35. Yeah, it's critical that we hit the ground running. And then the good news for me is I'm already ahead on the college side. I've spent an awful lot of time. So when, when the lists come out from the NFL teams in July, that's when I start. So uh, I feel pretty good about where I'm on the college side right now. We're going to hit the ground running. Um, I know John's going to push me real hard. Job number one for me is to get on the same page with the coaching staff about the current Raider roster. Uh, I've watched, I think, the last eight game tapes. I've spent a lot of time just trying to be prepared for my interview with the Raiders and, and ready to go. So I've got half the season already. I'll get the rest. Um, I'll be sitting down with every position coach with my opinions, their opinions, trying to meld it together. I think the most important thing is we come out with a, with a unified game plan when it's time to go after free agents. We know what kind of money there is. You know, we also know that there's a lot of mistakes made in free agency. So we're going to go after it in, in a pragmatic and practiced approach. Mike, uh, Matt Schneidman again. Do you think Derek Carr is the long-term solution at quarterback for this franchise? That's really part of my, my study right now. I mean, bottom line, it, it, it's easy to pick names right now, but I'm not going to make a comment on anybody on the current roster until I've done a, a complete deep dive and I've had a chance to meet with all the coaches. Uh, Vic Tafer from The Athletic. These are for, for John. i got two for you. Uh, Mike mentioned the learning process. Um, as far as trade phone calls, will he be doing that right away, or will you be doing that? In, as far in as what in the big? Trade phone calls. Trade. If it's a good trade, I'll make the calls. <laughs> if it's a bad trade, it'll be Mayock. That's the way it's going to be around here. We're going to work together. You know, one thing that, that I really believe is uh, uh, this is a people business, the, the Oakland Raiders. I don't know about every other building, but – um, we're going to work together hard. There might be teams he's calling. There might be teams that I'm calling. There might be teams that we cross uh, e each other up on a little bit. But uh, we're, we're going to work together on this. And uh, if we can get a trade that benefits the Raiders, we're going to make the trade. And uh, we're open for business. I know that.
And what do you see as the biggest needs right now on the roster? Well, obviously, you know, we've been through an entire season. We saw the Chiefs, the AFC Western champion yesterday. Uh, we've got to match up better with the Chiefs and you know, on some key areas. We've got to continue to improve our pass protection and our pass rush. I think it starts there. I think we gave up too many sacks. We didn't get enough. We've got to add some speed to this football team. You saw how fast they are. Um, the Chargers are fast. Uh, this is a fast division. Uh, the Denver Broncos have two great rushers. Uh, we got to continue to improve at all areas. And um, we have some resources. That doesn't mean uh, there's going to be a player at every position to meet the needs this year. So we got to get uh, on the same page with our scouts, with our entire staff, coaches, uh, scouts, everybody included, all hands on deck. We got we got a lot of work to do, but I'm really proud of our football team. I want to reiterate that the effort was outstanding. We got a couple big wins down the stretch. I think the work ethic, I think the way that we prepare, the style of football that we want to play is in place. I love our coordinators. I think Gunther did a great job with our defense. I thought uh, Greg Olson and, and Tom Cable came in here, implemented a very diverse scheme. We had some success. I think Basachi is the best in football on special teams. And uh, we just got to continue to build this squad. And Mayock's addition is a huge, huge day for Raider Nation. And I want to just put an exclamation point on how excited I am. And uh, he'll prove his worth uh, quickly. Jerry McDonald from the Bay Area News Group again. Um, John obviously went through the Al Davis interview process a few times before he was hired. And Mark lived it. So I'm just curious whether there's anything that you recall from that session with, with Mr. Davis and anything that really jumped out at you? And, and is, was talking to Al about football similar to talking to John? What I remember about that interview process was being in this big conference room, just me and Mr. Davis, and he told me to get up on the board, and, and, and he told me to put up a certain formation, a certain front. And while I was doing that, I realized he was already on the next topic. And, and he, was, he was like, who's the top five quarterbacks in the draft? Go one through five. And I got done five, and he changed the topic again. And for six to eight hours, he hopped from topic to topic. And I realized my answers needed to be quick. They needed to be on point because he's moving on. And, and he, that's how he challenged people. And, and it, it taught me a little bit about the interviewing process, to be really honest with you. Get, get, you, off, get you off kilter a little bit and see how you react. Um, when you deal with John Gruden, and I learned this a long time ago, okay? I mean, he's looking you right in the eye. He's challenging you. And everything's kind of either a question or a challenge. You better be ready for it. And, and by the way, there's going to be video backup in the form of a test. So, so with John, you got to be you got to be ready. You got to be prepared. And he's just so so quick mentally on the football side. It is a lot like Mr. Davis. Mike, I was curious your philosophy when it comes to roster construction. You mentioned March 13th as the start of the league year and for agency and the cap space that this team carries into 2019. Do you see any potential pitfalls when it comes to free agency, in particular investing in veterans and how you protect yourself financially as it relates to the salary cap to ensure that you're building your roster the right way? I think you have to be honest with yourself, okay? If you want to look at a, quote, tier one free agent, you know, what's a tier one free agent? It means it's a, it's a guy that's age-appropriate, clean medically, already a starter in the league and a difference maker. How many of those guys hit the market? Very few. Now, you want to call some of those people tier one guys, and they're really not. And you got to be careful. It doesn't mean we don't want to go out there and, and sign the right guys, but you got to be careful with the major ticket guys. And then the tier two guys, I, I think, are critical for every team. You know, which ones are the emerging players that you can get that won't kill you on the salary cap side? And then the tier three guys that fill in your roster and make you better. 
special teams. You know, Basachi's back there. If I didn't mention special teams, he'd probably quit. So bottom line for me is, is that you've, it's kind of buyer beware, okay? And, 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 and you, there's nothing wrong with being aggressive, but do your homework, understand who that person is as a person in addition to a football player. Uh, Mark, kind of unrelated to this, but since you have about a month to find a home stadium for next year, is there any clarity? Is there a leader in the clubhouse, and when do you expect a decision on that? Um, really, we shouldn't be talking about that right now, but I'll just reconfirm what I said before, and that's uh, we'll wait till the season's over. We'll let the emotion get out of the decision-making process, and then we'll go from there. And when we do have a decision, we'll let you know. Time for two more questions, guys. Mike, as it relates to player evaluation, you've been putting names on a board based on talent, projecting skill sets into the NFL. The difference is now you're projecting how players fit into scheme. How much do you have to familiarize yourself with not just the best players, but the best players for your coaches? I think that's one of the things I've had to do because I've had all 32 teams to evaluate. So for, for me, I think the scheme part of it is the guy sitting to your left I've known for, you know, for 20 years. I know what his scheme is. I know what he likes. You know, and that's a big deal. And then, and then you got to sit down on the offensive side of it with Ole and, and John and, and kind of dig deep. I mean, I ran into Tom Cable upstairs. We don't know each other very well, and I just kind of grabbed – I literally grabbed him because he was – and I just said, Coach, listen, you know, when – I want to sit down and watch some film with you, okay? Let, let's sit down on you and me in the room, and let's just get through some film. I want to know what you like, what you don't like. Let's talk offensive linemen at a different level, and, and you can teach me. And I'm going to do that with all the coaches. I mean, uh, the way I look at this whole thing is we're here to support the coaches, okay? And we're going to do a great job of understanding what they want and going to get it for them. John, it's Scott from uh, NBC Bay Area. I was curious if you anticipated making more changes within the scouting and the personnel um, um, departments, if you wanted to get some new blood um, in there. And then also for uh, Mike, maybe even without naming names, do you have maybe some guys in mind who might be a good number two or number three to you that you can bring in here? I got 15 years worth of names. Okay, and, and I think anybody on the coaching side or, or the personnel side that ever wanted to be in this industry or is in the, always has kind of a ready list. Okay, so I have that. I got a lot of guys I respect, but the most important thing is to respect the guys that are here first. Okay, we got four months to get after it with the guys in this building, and we're going to do it. And at that point, we can evaluate. I'll just uh, piggyback on that. It's a tough time right now, obviously, for our scouts. And I want to assure you that Sean Harrock is excellent at what he's done and uh, got a lot of confidence in his history here and the scouts that we do have. And Mike is going to evaluate them. Uh, we're going to give him every opportunity to continue to be a part of this. Um, but I don't foresee any changes, but I do think Mike is going to talk to a lot of people. And if he finds somebody out there that can come in and have the same uh, vision that we have, we're going to jump on the table to get that guy in here. Uh, we're going to lead the league in effort. I, won't, I will not make any other promises than that. Mayock and I will be uh, committed to work together. We're going to be passionate about what we do. We're going to be loyal to one another, and we're going to lead the league in effort. And if we don't, um, I want to meet the two that beats us in that. He admits that he has no experience in personnel matters. Match now in Bay Area News Group. Uh, for Mike and John, why do you think that, uh, I guess, the lack of front office, front office experience won't, I guess, be a hindrance in this? It's a good question. I think it's a fair question, too. And I think the, the one way to answer it from my perspective is that for the last 15 years, uh, I, I think I've tried to be the GM for all 32 teams. And because of that, from a scheme perspective, 
I think I'm sound. I think I've been, been used to evaluating all kinds of different players at all kinds of different positions for every team in the league. What I don't have, and I was pretty honest with, with Mark and John when we talked about this position, is what I don't have is the everyday backup as far as the mechanics of running a team. Okay, but I've been in all 32 buildings for the last 15 years. I know what it looks like. I know what it smells like. I just need a little help with the mechanics. And I'd just like to say that um, I know Mayock is going to energize our building. I know he's a great people person. He's got great people skills. He'll learn fast what he needs to learn. And uh, he's already met with Sean Harrock. Um, I think he's going to be able to adapt to the personnel that we have in place and uh, put his own spin on things quickly. He's got great people skills, and he's a quick learner, that's for sure. The Raiders, they have a new GM. And like the 49ers with John Lynch, it's a guy who doesn't have front office experience, but he is a familiar face and voice on TV. What goes into being qualified to becoming a GM in the NFL? We'll talk about that right here on the After the Delight on 95.7 The Game. That is the new GM of the Oakland Raiders, Mike Mayock. And we'll talk to his former partner on the NFL Network when it comes to breaking down the draft and all their draft covers, Charles Davis at 1.30. Of course, a color analyst on Fox Sports does a great job with Kevin Buckhart um, on Fox Sports for, for their football coverage. But Mike Mayock, uh, interview with the Raiders before Al Davis wanted him. Apparently, he declined. Mike Mayock popped the new GM of the Raiders. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm not sure Al ever offered him the job. But uh, he did bring him out, and he didn't tell anybody. He didn't tell me. It was right around the same time he was talking about uh, to hire me to work directly with him. Uh, he didn't tell people that uh, had been working for the were Raiders for 50 years. Al did sneak him in the building late at night. He didn't want anybody to know. Uh, Al did uh, kind of leak it out with Cam Inman uh, a while later. I don't think he was ever seriously going to hire him. He did. He would do that periodically with different people. He'd reach out to them. And a lot of it was to pick their brain. Uh, I forget the exact timeline of when this was. I think I think it was when he was really disenchanted with Michael Lombardi. And Michael was fighting with Art Shell. And uh, he didn't talk to Michael the whole last year he was here. And then he let him go after the year. Michael Lombardi went to work, although he didn't get paid, uh, with Mike Shanahan and... Uh, in Denver, but uh, he grew to respect Mike Mayock because Al, uh, this is around the time when Al really could not move much at all, and he stopped going to the combines. He would always go every year to the same spot right there at the start of the 40 line right next to Bill Parcells and Gil Brandt, and then, you know, towards the end of his life, he just couldn't travel. He couldn't get on a plane and didn't go, and he was embarrassed uh, how he would have to get to the seat, so he didn't go. So he would watch the NFL Network all day and crack at dawn, and he would watch Mayock. And, uh, you know, everybody connected with the league appreciated how hard Mike Mayock worked to do his job. There have been other people that have done it. Uh, certainly Mel Kuyper Jr. has done it longer, Daniel Jeremiah, and there's been others that are, are doing it for ESPN and the NFL Network. And Charles Davis is going to join us coming up in a little bit here. Yep. Charles is really good on the draft. He's yep. also an excellent game analyst. Uh, but I think I, I'm wondering what they're going to do without Mayock there, how they're going to cover the NFL draft. And it's not just the first day of the draft where Mayock really shines as deep into the draft and the volume of work he does. So it is an intriguing hire. I wonder 
if this was John Gruden's idea himself or in combination with Mark Davis, knowing that Al Davis did reach out to to Mike Mayock years ago. Uh, I wonder if it was a financial situation. You know, Al would do this and then, you know, he just wasn't going to pay you and he wouldn't hire you. But uh, Mike Mayock has tremendous respect in the league as far as player evaluation. In fact, I can remember vividly his thought on Darren McFadden. And that may have been, when was McFadden drafted? That may have got Al pissed off. Oh, wait. What year was that? Right after Jamarcus, oh, right? Yep, yep, 2008. The year before, the year after Jamarcus. Uh, the year after Jamarcus. So, oh, eight. You know what? That may have been, <laughs> now that I've pieced it in my mind back, I bet that got him mad. Because Mike Mayock was the one that came out and called him, called Darren McFadden, a spindly-legged uh, non-tackle uh, breaker, is the way he described him. Could not make the unblocked defender yep. miss. And I remember vividly. First time I saw Darren McFadden, boy, he's got skinny little chicken legs. And then watching him play, he's having a hard time making a block defender miss. And in the one year when he really got good, he would make that guy miss in the hole. He'd spin off of him or right. just be able to move around. That's when McFadden got great with the foot injury. Uh, he was also, Mike Mayock, very outspoken about Khalil Mack over Clowney. He did not like Jadeveon Clowney. He thought Khalil Mack should be the first overall pick in the entire draft. So he's a hard worker. I think the hard thing, and he's a great talent evaluator, the thing he's going to have to learn is not so much the mechanics of being a GM, uh, what he's talking about. He'll, he'll pick that. He's, he's got people on. He can call anybody, obviously. He's got a great respect. Different role being a, uh, a member of the Raiders and the GM, and the guy's going to make the phone calls now, the cold calls, uh, than being a guy who's just looking to gleam information for a TV show. That's different. But he's got the respect of everybody, including Bill Belichick in New England. He's well clued in. I think what he and John are going to have to figure out is how to build a roster. It's yeah. not just to you know evaluate the left tackle versus the free safety. How do you want to play? And more specifically, how do you want to play on defense? And do you just defer to Paul Gunther there? He can evaluate players, but they're they're just little pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. How do you put them all together? and make a football team that can win. And I think that's going to be what we're all going to be watching very interestingly. What makes Mike Mayock qualify for this job? Just like John Lynch. A year ago, John Lynch came out of the TV booth, and out of nowhere, he's a GM of the 49 Not last year, the two seasons ago, excuse me, when he got the six-year deal from Jed York. But he came out of the TV booth, and obviously he has some time with John Elway in, John Elway in Denver breaking down draft prospects, going to the Combine in Indianapolis. Mike Mayock, as we know, is all over the draft. Uh, we see him in Indianapolis. We see him at the Senior Bowl, who, by the way, the Niners and Raiders were coaching uh, that Senior Bowl coming up in Mobile, Alabama. But what makes Mike Mayock qualify for this job? Not just evaluating talent. I mean, signing free agents, talking to guys, cutting guys. What makes Mayock qualified? And why did people want to interview Mike Mayock for a GM job? What makes anybody qualified? What makes Farhan Zaidi qualified? What makes Bruce Allen qualified? What makes Bob Myers qualified? It's different for every guy, and it's somebody that wants to hire you. And I think specifically with John Lynch, it was a, a Hall of Fame caliber career. Started at Stanford as a quarterback, moved over to, to, to safety under Coach Walsh. Great player for a long time, has a tie to the Shanahan's, and specifically Kyle was comfortable with him. And I think it's similar with Mayock. Mayock is more than nuts and bolts scouting, although he never worked as a scout. In the NFL, that's essentially what he did on TV this length of time with scout players. He, he 
evaluates football players the way a traditional scout would working for a team. But I think the commonality with both Mike Mayock and John Lynch is the association with the head coach. And um, I think with Mayock, although Mark may have been involved, knowing that Al interviewed him years ago, I think the reason he's here is his relationship with John. Going back to the Philadelphia Eagles years ago and working on TV, before John went to work on Monday Night Football, he did work on the NFL Network. And he was involved in one of their draft coverages. In fact, the producer of Monday Night Football saw John work that, and that's when he recruited them to go to the Monday Night Football booth. So he worked with Mayock. And, you know, John would typically work the first day of the draft for the first round. Mayock's there when the seventh rounders are getting picked. And that's where you build a football team. Yes, day one's big, day two. Day three now, when you get in the later rounds, this is when you're finding your George Kittles. This is when you're really overcoming adversity, drafts, you know, slotting. How, you know, why does Belichick keep winning? How, how do they keep doing this year after year? And uh, you have to have a firm idea. The one thing, and I think John did solicit Mike Mayock to do this based on his association with him on TV. And, and Charles Davis is going to join us from the NFL Network and Fox. And he knows Mayock as well as John, more so right. as far as working with him on TV. He'll be able yep. to speak to, to why. You know, what makes May- Mayock ascend to the spot the only mock draft I ever watched was Mayock's right before the draft itself. In most years, he would nail every single one. This year got a little screwy on right. him, but because that's just the nature of this year's draft. But overall, I think he's he's uh, respected as the best talent evaluator on TV. But what does that mean? And then the one thing I would say, and we'll talk more about the Raiders at two thirty. And I'll, these hires John makes are critical critical and Mike Mayock is the most important hire he's got I told you he's got to have someone John that he respects number one and that can tell him no we are not doing that now does does Mayock have the hammer I don't know John's got a 10-year contract he's got nine more years how many years did they give Mike Mayock how much are they paying Mike Mayock TV pays you you know a a very good living but people on TV don't make the money you think they make I guarantee he's making double or triple with the Raiders than what he made on TV. I would guess. How long is the term of that? And then the one thing, and I watched the Raiders game back. I did not go to the Christmas Eve game, but I watched that game back. I watched the game in Denver back against uh, Denver. I watched the game in Kansas City. They're going to make a call on Derek Carr uh, that's concerning. That that throw over the middle that was intercepted by Reggie Ragland is just uh, inexplicable to me how he does not see that linebacker sitting there. I don't understand that. And then John, you know, hiring Mike Mayock because of his TV expertise and association with John and TV and not hiring a guy that he, you know, worked with in the NFL as a personnel guy is intriguing to me, which leads to the hiring of Jerry Austin. And uh, I don't know what Jerry's doing in the booth, and I don't know if they can help him, but the, the, the Christmas night game, Christmas Eve game, when John challenged for a second time, he did it once on the Travis Kelsey touchdown right before halftime when Kansas yep. City was here. Yep. And it's not a challengeable play. It's a scoring play. And the officials let you go. And the next day at the press conference, he's talking about it. And he's clearly not differentiating between a timeout and a challenge. They are different. You get three timeouts a half. You only get two challenges. And if you lose them both or lose one, you're not getting any more. They're of more value. He, but he did it a second time <laughs> I know. on the Case Keenum 
throw to Sutton right. when he thought it was uh, he crossed the line of scrimmage at a legal forward pass. And this time the officials weren't so nice to him. <laughs> they took his time out away. That is inexplicable. What? How, come on, John, John's a smart guy. Does he not remember? He just did this when he when he's coaching a player. He'll you know you make that mistake again. I'm cutting you off the team. I'll let you make it once, John. You made it twice. How do you not know you could not challenge a scoring play? And they took a timeout away from him. That is unbelievable bad game management. Uh, mismanagement. I just can't believe it. So it's like, what's so, Jerry Austin doing there? Then? If he's, I, I not, if he's making these I, I, blunders. So don't take his advice, Jerry. You're not allowed to challenge a scoring play. <laughs> Do we need to make the same mistake twice? And now this time they're not going to be so nice. So it's interesting that he's reaching out to people on TV with Jerry Austin and Mike Mayock. But there is going to be a learning curve, even for a guy like Jerry Austin, when to challenge and not challenge. The rules are different. And for Mike Mayock, and Charles will be able to speak to it better you know, what are some of the other hurdles? He's going to be able to evaluate every single guy in this draft. What about, the intel the that he already, Pop, what about the intel he already has? Does that help Mayock in this situation? No, having all the intel on all these players coming out over the last however long he's been he's breaking this down. He's not the only NFL one network. that's been doing that. There's, you know, right. Kevin Colbert's got a, a, a file in his office. He's just not on network TV wearing makeup. That's what these guys do for a living. There are a lot of guys that do that you never heard of. There are guys on both sides of the bay. There are guys all over the country that are scouts. They're college scouts, they're advanced scouts, they're guys that do this. So he's not going to have any more advantage. It's just, what are some of the adjustments? We know he's a strong talent evaluator. I go back to Mac over Clowney being critical of Darren McFadden and others. I mean, if you go back and watch a lot of his shows, he has been a pretty accurate. But then how do you piece a football team together to play in the NFL on both sides of the ball. Yeah, very intriguing hire for the Oakland Raiders. And let's talk to his former partner on NFL Network, who also does a great job breaking down the NFL draft and draft prospects. Also does a great job as a Fox Color analyst alongside Kevin Burkhart and Pam Oliver. Charles Davis, welcome back to the Afternoon Delight here on 95.7 Game in the Bay Area. And Charles, uh, first of all, congrats. Happy New Year. Uh, congrats on a good season in the booth. And just kind of speak to Mike Mayock. What makes Mike Mayock qualify for this GM job of the Oakland Raiders. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Happy New Year to you both. Happy New Year to everyone who can hear, hear our voices out there. Um, Mike, look, here, here's the bottom line. You, you, you gave the introduction and you stated in there accurately, of course, that Mike and I were colleagues and we've been colleagues for a long time. We're not only colleagues, I believe we are very strong friends as well. So you know you're getting a little bit of bias coming out of this, okay? So I, I want to acknowledge that right off the top. Because I hate when people try and hide bias. You know it's there. Let's get it out of the way. All right? He's a guy that I believe in. But let's talk about what the differences are between the TV, the job, the whole deal. Mike, I think, will transition very well in terms of his opinions that he brings to you on television. As you guys have noted, pretty unvarnished, aren't they? When Mike, have, when Mike believes in a player, you know it. When Mike has questions about a player, you know it. He, he may couch certain things the way that they need to be couched, especially when we're talking about off-field issues, because now we're getting into legal ramifications at times, right? We're talking about some unsubstantiated things, but these are the things that he knows from his dealings with GMs, player personnel, people scouts, where they talk about certain things, and he's very good about making sure he's not putting that part out there. And that will go into the evaluation now in Oakland, except that those conversations will be within – the, the, the confines of the Raiders uh, draft room and with all the scouts and everyone. 
The difference is now, if you're the general manager of a team, after you've done your evaluation, okay, and we've done them on television, we go away for the summer. See you next year. These evaluations of Mike, if you want to go back and break them down and say this was good, this was bad, what have you, you can. But truthfully, how many how many people actually do that and spend that much time breaking down our evaluations as TV people? Not like you are as a GM, because it's living, breathing. There's that person right there in front of you. He either plays well, he doesn't play well, he's been average. Does he play to where he was drafted? Does he not? Those are easily graded because we have it all in front of us and the fans are involved. Obviously, us media people are involved. The team itself is involved. The one thing I do know about Mike is that when he has a conviction about a player, you know that, that, that those expressions he uses, I'll pound the table for that guy. I'll stand on the table for that guy. That's not going to change him. I don't care what he's going to you know, how it goes down, what the conversation is. That's how Mike's going to be. How they draft, whether that ultimately is John Gruden's decision, Mark Davis's decision, Mike's decision, that's up to the Raiders. But Mike's going to bring all that with him. And I'll conclude with this. Talking with John Lynch, who made that transition from TV to GM role, and again, the same questions came up, and maybe even more so, because John hadn't been evaluating players like Mike's been doing for the last 10, 15 years. John talked about the aspects of the job that intrigued him and got into the job, and all of a sudden people walk in with requisitions for toilet paper, coffee. What, what, what is this? Well, you're the GM. You have to sign off. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and so all that comes rolling with the job, too, that you never have to do sitting in the seat that we sit in where, where people put makeup on our face and then we start talking. Toilet paper, did you say? <laughs> I mean, and, 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 and the funny part is it sounds like a funny line, but it's really not. Because each organization is different, as you might imagine, okay? So what that told me is that maybe Trent Baalke had it set up that everything came through him, no matter what. And until yeah. John had a chance to adjust to all of that, right, and maybe right. make some changes about, look, I'm not signing those things. Take that to this person. Those are the types of things that come running at you. But you end up with everything across your desk. And it's not just watching tape, punching tape, and deciding you like this, this receiver better than that receiver this linebacker or that linebacker, he's a third-rounder, et cetera. Yeah, I, I think for, for both John Lynch and for Mike Mayock, Charles, their association relationship with the existing head coach is a big reason why they're in that chair. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan and the Shanahan family for John and, and John Gruden and Mike Mayock working years ago before John even went in the Monday Night Football booth. He worked at the right. NFL Network on your draft coverage. But – Mayock is as strong as there is as far as, you know, banging the table, and I think he's going to be a strong enough personality to convince John about a certain player here or there. But the one thing I don't know about him from listening to him on TV for the last 15 years, and you probably know better than us, you know, being around him on a daily basis, how do you think he wants to build the the football team? There are a myriad of ways to yeah. play offensive football, defensive football, how do you think, in, in Mike Mayock's core values, and he's going to do it in combination, obviously, with the head coach, John Gruden, how do you think he wants his teams to play offensively and defensively? Well, I think that every person that ever steps in front of those microphones that announces that sort of thing, it's a great question, right? So I'm going to pretend it's the press conference, and I'm going to pretend to be Mike a little bit, if that's okay. How are you going to, how are you going to build your team? Well, there's rare. have you ever heard a GM or a coach step up and say, well, we want to build just the most finesse team you've ever met in your life? 
and would just outrun people. Never comes up, does it? Always want to be physical. Always want to be strong. Everybody wants to attack on both sides of the football. All of those things. I'm not saying it because it's a trite deal. I'm saying it because that's winning football. Now, here's the one thing to keep in mind with Mike. He and John will have to get together and decide exactly what they're attacking in this draft and where they're going. But if you want to take it a little bit deeper, Mike, as a player, okay, was a safety cornerback at Boston College, started as a true freshman there. One of the best aspects of his game was being a very strong physical tackler. Made it into the NFL as a late-round draft choice by Pittsburgh, got cut, hooked on, and played three seasons in the NFL with the Giants. You know, returned kicks, you know, a lot of special teams. So he, Mike is used to doing the grunt work. You know, he was never a star in the NFL, but was a big-time player coming out of college. Could have been a professional baseball player. In fact, to this day, his dad still gives him grief about not signing a baseball contract. But here's the other part. Go one step deeper. His dad is a former college football coach. Know what his father coached? Line play, offensive line. So Mike is very invested, in my humble opinion, in big people, inside out, being physical, being strong at the point of attack, and then, of course, obviously building in and around that. Now, will that be exactly the way they go? That's up to him and John and obviously you know, Mark Davis and right on down the line. But I think that Mike sees great value in those big, strong, physical guys who can control the line of scrimmage, control the game, and then building off of that. Talking to Charles Davis here in the afternoon delight, of course, color analyst for Fox Sports, also on the NFL Network with their draft coverage. We'll see. We'll see how Mike Mayock manages the cap, manages the players, because that's part of his job, too, is player management issues. Uh, lots of stuff that he has to deal with, as long as well as with uh, John Gruden, who is really, truly uh, – the manager of the team. He runs the show. Let's make no bones about it. John Gruden is the end-all, be-all. He is the last word in anything that happens, Raider-wise. So the fact that they're cleaning house, the fact that they're uh, getting rid of old personnel guys and uh, probably bringing in a few other people, uh, my ex people, um, also some more Gruden's people, I'm sure the office is changing. It's not all exciting like John likes to say. I'm sure people are freaking stressed out because people are losing their jobs over there in Oakland. Um, Not that it's a big deal because everyone's getting ready to move to Las Vegas. So I think it's a good thing. I think Mike Mayock is as good as anybody. We're crying out loud if it improves our drafting. That alone is worth it. Uh, Reggie was horrible at drafting, and John Gruden is no, is no, you know, look at he picked up. <laughs> John Gruden already picked up one of our ninety players for next year. Nathan Peterman, quarterback of the Bills, picked in twenty seventeen, and it was a colossal failure in Buffalo. But I'm telling you. Like, I'm surprised Johnny Manziel isn't coming to Oakland because Gruden loved this kid. He was pleading for the Raiders to pick Johnny Manziel. Thank goodness we didn't. 
So these are the reasons I'm skeptic of the picks of Gruden. But here's a surprise. The same guy, Mike Mayock, loved him too. So it's a crapshoot. It's always going to be a crapshoot. But at least I think we have a better chance of getting better players. We shall see. Uh, we got a lot at stake here. This is a huge, huge acquisition. I mean, that GM position, that's it. I mean, what other GMs have that kind of cap space and those kind of drafts? This will make and break this team for the next decade. Mark my words. This draft and the next year's draft, he'll still be here. If he misses, we'll be in the gutter again for several years to come. But if he hits, we've got a lot of good possibilities of uh, making some noise about damn time i like the pick it's just uh, funny that he has no experience but i like at least the fact like i said our draft should be improved i hope and pray because they've been pretty dismal up to this point and by the way mayock picked colton miller this year and i'm sure him and john talked a lot about that pick for the raiders so um, this relationship has been brewing for a very long time, uh, long before the Reggie McKenzie, John Gruden love fest at the beginning of Gruden's hire ever happened. So anyway, without further ado, I'm moving on from that story. Good for the Raiders. Good for us. Uh, we got to make these picks count absolutely 100% if we want to move forward in the league. And that is all I have to say about that. Well, it looks like the hard knocks are knocking on the door. <laughs> yeah, the NFL series hard knocks, which I like it actually. It shows the inside of what it's like to be in camp. Uh, some, not everything, but you see a lot more than you would normally. I think it's a great show, and the teams that are up for Hard Knocks in 2019 are Lions, the Giants, the 49ers, the Redskins, and of course, the Oakland Raiders, or the Raiders. <laughs> I better get used to saying that. The 49ers want no part of it, although I, I do think that they have the best chance of getting the show for 2019 even though we should probably get it because we've dodged it the longest, I believe. Uh, and, you know, they really want John Gruden to be up in there. Hard Knocks would love to have some of those outtakes of Gruden at camp. They're funny. He's a funny guy. What do you mean funny? Funny how? He's very entertaining, and it'd be really, really fun to see him. The part I don't think is going to happen and why I don't think the Raiders will be picked is we don't even know where we will play next year. Now, we do have a contract with our old training camp, so I believe that it could be possible, it might be possible, uh, that the Raiders could get it, but maybe not because we're in such upheaval. We're between uh, stadiums where, you know, we don't have a place to really play. However, we do have a training facility 
for our off-season activities, which is something. So we could be getting the hard knock on hard knocks. I'm not sure if the NFL will stick it to the Raiders that way. However, they just might. Uh, They're making the Raiders play four games in the London game series uh, because they let them move. That was part of the deal to move the team to Vegas. And, uh, well, that's part of the deal. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? I don't know. But I know that teams do not like hard knocks. Coaches cannot stand the hard knocks. Now the players... I'm sure get enough cameras in their face. Uh, and this is just another bunch of cameras in your face. But perhaps it would be a good thing for the Raiders to get this out of the way this year with all the changes and all the things that are going on in the office. It might be the best time to get this over with so that next year we won't have to deal with it when we're truly getting down to business and really building this team up to make a run, I would hope. Uh, So maybe this year would be the best year for Hard Knocks. I'd like to see it, honestly. It would show a lot of Raider fans what it's like. And, um, well, John's real entertaining on the field. And hopefully he'll bring that entertainment to everybody um, in the country when they do this Hard Knocks. And I really hope we get it this year. It's a perfect season. I mean, there's no expectations for next year. It's not like we're we're going to make a, a run like the 49ers might. And, you know, there's a whole different thing going on here with the Jets. They have a, a brand new coach, the Giants as well, uh, the Redskins. I mean, <clears throat> the Raiders look like they might get it, and I hope they do. We need it. Let's get it out of the way so that we really have to do business. We won't have to deal with this uh cornucopia of media and that is all i have to say about that so we're going to do the bone line next but before i get into the bone line you know i was having getting coffee this morning and this guy comes up to me and says oh looks like greg papa got hired with the 49ers you know i can't stand him every time i hear his voice i think of the raiders so I had to impress upon this moron how smart um, Greg Pop is and the sports that he's forgotten, this idiot would never even have an idea. Greg Papa is a great announcer. I am bummed that he's not ours anymore and he will do the 49ers great justice. But, oh, this is one of those things about the Niner fan I just cannot stand. Can't stand it. Had to tell this guy he's full of shit. And before he opens his mouth about Greg Papa, he should do a little research. And that's where I left it, jumped in my truck, and got out of there. Uh, Pissed me off. I have to say it on my show because I can. Niners are lucky to have such a guy representing them in media to say the freaking least. Get on the bone line. 
make it so because your voice is important. And this is the off-season, yep. We're not going to be doing much. There'll be a little here, a little there. I'm sure there'll be some player acquisitions, and they will be certainly a combine and a draft, without a doubt. There's lots of drama coming up in the offseason. Will we keep Derek Carr? The GM says he's not sure. He has to evaluate Derek Carr, Um, which is a whole other subject, let me tell you. How long I've been waiting for a franchise QB, need I say more? So let's get to the bone line and hear what you have to say, because uh, it's way more important than what I have to say. Vosho, let's see who's on it. And our first caller is Raider Rob from Maryland. And you know what? I forgot to do this on the beginning of this show, because I forgot that I never had a show before Christmas. Merry freaking Christmas! And Happy New Year to the Raider Nation. Uh, and thank you, Rob from Maryland, for reminding me. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's move on to Raider Rob and his comment. Hey, Raider Greg, it's Raider Rob from Maryland. Wishing you and Randy a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. Hope you guys have a good time with your family. Um, just listening to your latest podcast, talking about, you know, Mark Davis. I think he's the one that did all of this. I don't think you can blame Gruden. Do you think Gruden wants to get rid of a kick-ass defensive end uh, and everything else? <clears throat> and he's paying him all this money, and he's like, yeah, hey, you're going to go up there in front of that microphone and figure out what to say because you watch his press conferences, and he doesn't know what the fuck to say because he doesn't know what to say. I don't know. I went down to uh, the game in Baltimore. Not a whole lot of Raider fans there, like it usually is. I actually was down there the week before for the Cincinnati game versus the Ravens, and I had more fun. But, you know, whatever. I don't even know if we should keep Carr or not. Like, I don't know anything, you know. But the bottom line is we got to stick with Gruden and support him and, and, and pray that he can get this team on track, you know, whatever, whoever he's got to bring in, whatever they got to do, because he's the one. It's going to be able to do it if anybody does, because Mark Davis sure as hell is not. So, long story short, go Raiders, man. It's a bad year, but hey, you know, what are you going to do? Sun's going to rise tomorrow, and we'll be right back at it next season. Anyway, thanks for all you do this year. Appreciate you guys, and uh, talk to you soon. Well, of course, Mark Davis is the owner of the team, and he writes the checks. So if he tells Gruden he doesn't want to pay Oswali anymore, then uh, he gets rid of him. If he sits down with John Gruden and says, we're going to get rid of the best player on the team, well, maybe John sat down and said, okay, well, let's just rebuild the whole thing. Either way, Mo Davis is not smart enough to do anything in the NFL. He doesn't know anything. Um, Gruden is the brains. Davis is the money. So I know Reggie didn't make these decisions, that's for sure. Uh, Gruden is the runner of this. He runs this organization. It's on him. I don't care if if what the owner did. It's on Gruden. He's making $10 million a year. It's on him. And I believe, honestly, in my heart of hearts, that this was his plan to gut the team 
and start over with his own guys. And the reason I say that is because every time you bring up his Super Bowl, everybody says the same thing. It was Tony Dungy's team. Tony Dungy made that team. And Gruden just capped it off. And I'm sure that kills him professionally and personally. So he came to Oakland to build his own team and take it to a Super Bowl and win it. That's where I think the whole program comes from, quite honestly. Thanks for the call, brother, and thanks for listening. And our next caller is the Cheesehead Raider from Cheesehead, Wisconsin. What's happening, my brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Cheesehead Raider from Wisconsin. Well, Cincinnati was a bust. Car sacked five times, two for nine on third down. Offense can't do anything. Both starting guards injured equals in 30 to 16 loss. Uh, You know, I usually stay kind of positive, don't really get on people too much, especially when it comes to rookies. a lot of rookies start out good. People get film on them, then they figure them out. This Colton Miller, he's starting to concern me. Uh, started out halfway decent. Like I said, maybe it's people are getting film on him. Or maybe they're getting film on him, and they're just seeing that he's not that good. I don't know. Still going to hold back before I start saying too much. Only got a couple more games left. But uh, we'll have to see what happens next year. Uh this key is defense. Um, he's always seems to be there. Problem is, is that he tackles up too high. He's always tackling around the shoulder pads instead of wrapping around the waist and getting a hold of guys. And then when he rushes, he stands up. He's so high. He needs to get that center of gravity down lower. And this game here, defense in the backfield, hitting guys and cannot wrap up and tackle and bring people down. I mean, it's killing me. Maybe they're worn out because the offense can't do anything, but good Lord, let's do something. Getting run all over, which makes uh, has me move on to my next point, the draft. You know, we've got uh, the second pick the way it is sits right now because the 40 winers won. A lot of people are talking about how we need to replace the player that will not be named. Bosa is the top pick. I like that idea, getting, you know, a pass rusher. But we got that kid coming out of LSU, middle linebacker. And how long has it been since we've had a stud middle linebacker? Maybe if we get go that direction, we can shut this run crap down, people running all over us and really can make an impact on that, maybe get a pass rusher with the later two picks that we have, maybe flip them around, get a inside linebacker down later. I don't know, but got a lot of building to do. Of course, uh, Reggie's not there anymore. Now it's all on Gruden. So uh, we'll see what he does. Uh, listen to the last podcast. Glad to hear that you're going to be at the Bronca Hose game, um, Monday night. 
hopefully we can do something. Uh, I guess go Raiders. First of all, thanks for the call, brother, and thanks for listening to our show. Second of all, you know, in this game, in the game, well, yeah, you're you're right. Colton Miller has gone from great to okay to not so good, but he has also been injured, and it's his first year as an all-lineman. These guys have to gain. Next year, he'll come back like 25 pounds heavier of muscle. It will change his entire game. I think he's a good pick. I think he'll be great for us in the future, myself. But him and the other kid we picked, they both are very, they're young men. And they're just filling out. And next year, both of them will be 20, 25 pounds, maybe more, of muscle. Um, so I think that their play will improve greatly. And, you know, this other guy you talked about, the other rookie we have on the defensive line, I agree with you, but he is a really good edge rusher. And his tackling is terrible. But, like I said, this year has been a horrible year anyway. It's a learning year for all these guys. They're not really pressured to um, – well, they are pressured, but it's not like we're going to a Super Bowl. It's been a good year of learning for everyone on the roster. I'm talking about all of our new young rookie defensive linemen – and our offensive line. I think it's been a good year for the whole team. And I truly mean that as far as learning is concerned. And um, things are going to change next year and then the year after that, of course. But I think this has been a good year of learning and these young men will change next season. It's been frustrating for everyone, including yourself. This whole year has been unentertaining football. It's been hard to watch. And uh, we could just hope for improvement and with our new GM. I'm just hoping some better draft picks are on the way. I hope you had a great holiday, brother. Don't be down because we ain't out. We might be down, but there's, there's no out. Uh, there's no out for us, the Raider Nation. And our next caller is my good brother, Houston Raider Steve. He's in the house. What is going on, my brother? Hey, Raider Nation. Houston Raider Steve. What a way to give us a good, great Christmas present. Man, what a great win. Enjoyable game to watch. The way the right, uh, I mean, excuse me, Harris went, got that ball. Special teams ran it 99 yards for a touchdown. Man, that was heads up, gutsy play. Man, that was awesome. Well, they hung in there. They got the tough yards with Richard and Martin and Jordy Nelson caught, catching those balls and everything. And, and, man, it was just a great game. The defense did what they had to do, special teams, offense. All three phases were clicking tonight. Just think about it. We, we took it down to the two-minute warning against the Kansas City Chiefs, gutted it out. We lost, but it was close. We beat the Steelers. We beat the freaking Steelers. Then we went out. Late at night last week, but we came back strong this week, fundamentally playing in the mud, the overcast weather, typical California, rained all day today, slick field. We went out one today. Let's go out in Kansas City and knock Mahomes off. These guys are vulnerable. Let's let's have the Walrus take another walk off the plank. He's vulnerable. He's lost two in a row. 
Raiders. Gonna ride that donkey, donkey. Gonna ride that donkey, donkey. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. What a great Christmas present. Raiders are back, baby. You're on notice, the NFL. No more making fun of Gruden and all this other stuff. He's got a plan. We're going to take it to the house, brother. We're not the – nobody's going to cakewalk and look at our circle and say, easy win. We're going to – these are the Raiders of old, man. When I used to watch with Kenny Stabler back in the 70s, John Madden, Monday night under football, one of the – probably the best record of Monday night football in the 70s, man. Raiders. Well, that was a positive phone call. You know, uh, we did beat the Broncos. And it was our best game of the year, I think, in all phases. Um, great for the crowd. Great last game. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, I'm sure the Raiders will be back. They're not back this year. They won't be back next year. But maybe the next year they'll be back. Um, we'll just have to see where they play. Thanks for the call, brother. I know it's exciting. Uh, the sheet, the Chiefs did what I thought they would do. Uh, they walked right over us. I can't wait to uh, dismantle that team. I can't wait for the Raiders to go and slap Fat Andy around. I hope that time comes sooner than later, bro. Now our next caller is Raider Tony from the Car Wash. Now, I was washing my car at the car wash and we're we were taken off to go see my daughter in southern california i wasn't going to be able to see this game so i said to tony because i he said he was a raider fan i said hey how would you like to have two tickets for the last game in oakland and i didn't even see his son in the car i saw his wife but uh he wasn't sure. It was the holidays, Christmas. I'm not. Uh, I'm like, okay, I understand. I understand. So a little while later, I'm still cleaning my car, and he comes up. He goes, "Hey, you got those tickets still?" I go, "Yeah." He said, "He goes, I'd like to take my son." I looked at his car, and there's his son in there, and his his face, well, his face was beaming like his dad's. They're two true hardcore Raider fans, and you know what? What a great thing. I mean, could you imagine um, being at the car wash and getting two free tickets to a game? Raider Greg, what's up, man? This is Tony, the cat you met at the car wash. Bro, thank you again. I cannot thank you much for all the, for the tickets you gave me. Me and my son enjoyed the game, and the Raiders won. Oh, great! So love it, bro. Love it. Again, Merry Greg, thank you, man. Thank you. You made my Christmas, bro. Thank you. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, man. I loved it. I loved doing it. Man, I wish I had more. I wish I had more tickets, man, to give away. Um, it was a great moment. And I'm glad you guys had a good time because it was a great game. And, uh, well... It was a great thing. It was a great moment. He had to be there, I guess. But for me, it was great to see two fans um, being able to go to see that game. Um, it was awesome. So thank you, Tony, for taking your son. And for me, it was a blessing 
to see you guys enjoy it. And I'm sure you had a blast. Um, and that's the last game, which is something to really remember. Crazy, huh? Thank you, bro. Thanks for calling. And our next caller is the Raider Junkie. He's in the house. What is going on, my Los Angeles brother? Raider Greg. Raider Randy. Raider Junkie here. I haven't called in all year because why? Hey, we're calling. But you know what? This game proved to me tonight, Christmas Eve, that the Raider Nation showed up. At Oakland Coliseum to maybe witness the last game in Oakland history. But let me tell you what, besides that, this game came out with the Raiders players, and I believe John Gruden is saying, hey, this one's for Oakland. I wish I would have been there. I wish I would have been there. Raider Greg, Raider Randy. You know what? This is one of the best games I think the Raiders played all seasons in all phases. Defense, offense, special teams. And my hands off to Harris when he took that play, he knew exactly what the commentators were talking about. Is a free play. So, hey, my hands off to the Raiders. Thank you for that victory at Oakland. I hope it isn't the last one. If it is the last game in Oakland, Thank God that we won it. And I hope next year, wherever we play, Raider Greg, that I'm going to go and I'm still going to support this team, no matter what. Wherever they go, like I say, where the fucking Mars, China, I don't give a shit where they play. I will at least make one game like I have been to Oakland these last 10 years. And it's been a great memory, Raider Greg, meeting you and meeting Raider Bandito, Gorilla Rilla, Violator, all those super fans that have been going there. You know, even the uh, tailgate, uh, I got to give it off, hats off to Bad Boys of Barbecue. Oh, fuck y'all. Thank you for all the great memories. And everybody in D-Lot, 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 wherever lot you were, guess what? Raiders Junkie enjoyed being there in Oakland. My God, I, I want to cry. Fuck Raider Ray. I'm sorry for that F-ball, but I want to cry, man, because I want to see Oakland one more year. Raider Greg, this is Raider Junkie on a sad note going out. I hope this is not the last of the greater nation in Oakland. Please give me one more year. I'm out. Wow, bro. Great call. Absolutely great call. Yeah, you know what? You're freaking A right. You're right about A lot, B lot, C lot, D lot, RV lot. Bad Boys of Barbecue, The Violators, Skulls, all the super fans. You know, the Crusader Raider fans have traveled from all over the world 
to see the Oakland Raiders there at the Coliseum. The great times, great memories. My kids grew up there. Birthdays, holidays, Christmases. Yep, Coliseum's been home for me and my family for over a decade. It's amazing how many friends and family I've made there at the Coliseum, including you, bro. And all the fans that have traveled to the Coliseum to see Raider Nation podcast, Randy, me, we had our video cast going, the whole crew, Raider Ron, um, Stan. I mean, if you've never been to the Coliseum, then you just don't know, but if you have, then you know. Period. Well said, bro. I'm sad too, man. I was sad when I knew they were going to leave. It's been tough. But for me, my opinion is just go. I mean, just go ahead and go. You're going to leave me anyway. So we'll see where they play. They might, you know what, bro? They might play in Oakland next year. If Oakland needs the money, they're going to take the money. Trust me. Thanks for the call, bro. Thanks for flashing the past and uh, kind of giving me a trip through memory lane. And I hope anybody else has been there, too. And our next caller from Placer County, California. Raider Damien's in the house. What is up, my brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, it's Raider Damien up here in Placer County. It is Christmas morning, so Merry Christmas to both you and Randy and your families. And for the rest of the Raider Nation out there, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, you know, joyous Festivus, and if you're an atheist, I guess, good luck. So, uh, But I, I want to give you guys a call real quick and just talk about the game last night on Christmas Eve, because potentially that was our last game in Oakland. I believe it was our last game in Oakland, especially based upon all the BS that Mark has done this year, you know, from the trades to Greg Papa to all of that other stuff. But um, I was there in 95 when the Raiders returned from L.A. and uh, we played uh, the Chargers. And I went to that game with some friends. And after that game, uh, we decided to buy season tickets. And we've had those season tickets right up until last night. So it was kind of like the beginning and the end. So um, it was a very, oh gosh, it, it got a little emotional there at the end of the game, um, especially with all those people that have been sitting around me for years. I mean, literally, this is what, 22, 23 years? People have been coming there with their small children, and now these small children are 19, 20, 21 years old. I've literally watched these kids grow up. Um but it was a true Raider Nation celebration out there last night. And for those of you that did not make it to Oakland, for those of you that are around the world uh, that will hear this, just know that we represented Raider Nation last night, and it was a great send-off. Um, I mean, God, beating the Broncos at your final home game, how cool is that? 
I mean, I couldn't have written that script any other way. I do wish that uh, Gruden would have punched the ball in there in those last, what, minute and a half, you know, to get another score. Um, but I realize Gruden's probably trying to keep it a little classy, you know. Um, but nevertheless, it was it was great. Um, but as I look back on these, you know, 22, 23 years of going to the games there in Oakland, um, I was thinking about all the people that I've met out there, which has been many people from all over the world. You know, Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider, got to meet him and a lot of other people down there. Um, but also, um, I'd be remiss if I did not mention how important you and Randy are and the Raider Nation podcast and all the people that I've met as a result of listening to the podcast and had the opportunity to tailgate with and share a beer with and share some Jack Daniels with and share some Crown Royal with and share some Smirnoff with and a lot of other things that we've shared out there, including some um, serious barbecue from Kingsford Kirk. Um, so um, who knows what the future of the Raiders are going to be for this 19 season. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to let uh, you, Randy, know and Greg, um, you guys have uh, done a lot of great work. I picked up the podcast, I believe it was somewhere around show 50 or 60, um, and I've been listening to you guys ever since then. So, um, you know, you guys have made a lot of connections, and I consider both of you guys friends, and uh, you're welcome at my ranch anytime if you guys want to come up here and ride horses and, you know, do that sort of thing. So, um, once again, it was a great send-off last night. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos, um, but Doug Martin and uh, Gruden and um, Derek Carr all went around the entire perimeter of the stadium after the game and did high fives and fist bumps with everybody that was sitting on those front rows. So I thought it was very, very classy. And we beat the Broncos. Go Raiders. Merry Christmas, y'all. Well, there's another fabulous call, no doubt. It is a trip, man. 25 years. Wow. 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 My kids grew up there, like I said. And it's a trip to think, and they all are Raider fans. Isn't that funny? <laughs> and you know, it's been an honor to represent the Raiders here at the Raider Nation podcast, man. And to be connected to fans from everywhere i've made so many friends including yourself well said bro you put it into perspective and to beat the broncos last game in oakland a fitting end i will miss my people around my seats all my peeps as big raider dave would say I'll miss all my peoples because those are cultivated relationships over a long period of time, man. It's pretty cool. It's a great culture. I'm going to miss it dearly. And uh, Merry Christmas to you, bro. I hope all your Christmas dreams came true. And maybe we will go out to the ranch. You never know, brother. God bless you, man. And our next caller is the Northwest Raider, Raider Tony. He's in the house. What's up, my brother? 
Raider Nation, Raider Greg. This is Raider Tony, the Northwest Raider, calling after an awesome and, to be honest, surprising Raider win on Monday Night Football against the Denver Broncos, like you say, Raider Greg. Um, You know, one thing that's really been interesting to me is just how hard our team's playing. Um, you know, aside from a couple of games, the Niner game, the Seahawks game, um, I think those are the only two games that come to mind. I might be missing something here. But, yeah, I mean, other than those two games, pretty much the Raiders have played their asses off, played hard, full effort, all hard, every game. And last night was no exception. The last game in the Coliseum, um, I mean, it was, a, it was just a special game for all of us that were there. Um, I can't even explain, you know. And, you know, I think all we all wanted for Christmas, one of the big things was, was a win last night. Um, you know, draft positioning aside, if this was more important than the draft, you know, the Raider Nation, especially here in Oakland, in the Bay Area, um, you know, my family and my parents, you know, they, every, just the, the game was for the fans, you know, and, you know, and for the history, since it was most likely the last game in the Coliseum. Um, that's what we keep hearing in the news. And, you know, the lawsuit is, is, in, is starting up with the city of Oakland suing the Raiders in the NFL. So, you know, now they're looking at different locations. Um, San Francisco AT&T Park is one of them. You know, so we'll, you know, I don't know, I don't know where the Raiders are going to be playing next year. They don't know either. Hopefully, by the next podcast, we know or at the least have more information. But you know, really, last night was just about the fans, the Raider Nation in Oakland, and really just you know, uh, I saw it as kind of a send off and the end of a chapter. Uh, in uh, Raider history, really the end of an era. Um, You know, Oakland is and always will be Raider Nation Mecca, you know, where it all started and um, the home of the Raiders, no matter where we play. And um, so that, you know, for last night's game was really about that nostalgia, the memories, all of that, you know, uh, I can't, you know, I'm not going to lie. All of that was coming to mind yesterday um, there at the game, and uh, you know I'm gonna miss the Coliseum. I, uh, you know, it's obviously one of the worst uh, stadiums in football, but man, I loved that place. And uh, you know, I grew up really in that place, watching football, going to games every year uh, with my family growing up as a kid, and then um, you know, as an adult, you know, and now carrying on that tradition uh, with my family and my kids. So you know. I mean, it was an awesome game. Really glad the Raiders won. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens uh, next week. I'm not even going to bother calling because I'm not really expecting to win in Kansas City. But to be honest with you, I really don't care. Uh, It'd probably be better to lose in terms of draft positioning next week. I just really wanted to win last night because it was different. It was the last game at home in Oakland. And so definitely it was fitting. 
to beat the Broncos' ass, which is pretty much what happened. Raiders dominated that game. It was a great thing to see. And, um, you know, that's it. So I can't wait for the next podcast, see what you guys think. Uh, We'll see what off-season moves uh, come up. Um, You know, ultimately, we'll know what draft position we're going to be in uh, after next Sunday. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, like I was telling my dad, you know, just wanted to win last night, and uh, and that was it, and we got it. So, anyway, I'm out. Go Raiders. Well, that was another fabulous call, I got to say. Because, you know, <laughs> the theme here is all of us that have gone to the Coliseum and uh, see Raider Tony was raised at the Coliseum. And you know, there's so many fun times. I'm telling you, just sitting here thinking about it, there's so many great times with great people. <clears throat> it's hard to, uh, it's going to be hard not to go and not to think about it because I'll think about it all season. I'll think about it every year. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. It is what it is. So either new stadium or now they're moving to Vegas. So Oakland will be where the original Raiders came from. But their new home is going to be in Vegas for different memories and different fans. For for other fans than me, that's for sure, because <laughs> I can't afford to go. Appreciate the call, brother. And our next caller's Raider trip, the R-V-A Raider. What's up, bro? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider trip, a.k.a. the R-V-A Raider, calling from Richmond, Virginia. Merry Christmas, guys. It's the day at Christmas here, and I was really happy to... See the team pull out a win for all the fans there in Oakland. Last game played in the Coliseum. It's only the second game all season that I've watched just because, you know, the way the season's been, and it's just been easier not to watch them. But there were a couple nice surprises on Monday night. And most most importantly, you know, I was happy that the last game in the Coliseum was a win. A rare night when they didn't disappoint this season. So, Raider Nation, Merry Christmas to y'all. Raider Randy, Raider Greg, thanks for everything you do. I know that it's not easy to sit and do a podcast about a team that is as terrible as ours is, but your efforts are appreciated by me. I, I enjoy listening to the conversation and just hearing the emotion from all the rest of the fans out there calling in. So, anyways, Happy New Year, guys. Hope everyone's doing great. This is the RVA Raider. I'm out. Well, thanks for the call, brother, and the props for sure. And, you know, I think most Raider fans everywhere watch this game. I mean, I know I did. <laughs> I had to. Last game of the Coliseum against the Denver Broncos was kind of a magic game. I mean, you know what I'm feeling. You know what I'm saying. You know, you could feel it. When Harris, when he ran that ball back, I mean, that was it. 
You could see the Broncos were deflated like a balloon. They knew it was coming. The fans were crazy. Yeah, you had, I, I just think most everyone saw that game. It was a good game. Best game of the season, I got to say. Well, we'll see what happens, bro. There's a whole lot of changes coming down the pipe. And we have the Cheesehead Raider. Back in the house, what is going on? My Raider brother. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is the Cheesehead Raider from Wisconsin. Just got done watching the condiments demolish the Raiders. First four plays, turnovers, fumble, interception, fumble, interception. Knew we were going to lose this game, uh, even though we played them hard. Uh, first time we played them in Oak Town. Uh, been playing pretty good last month or so, but I don't know, just something about going into Arrowhead. It's a tough team as much as I hate the Chiefs more than anybody, but I got to give them their props. But this absolute demolish of the Raiders is ridiculous. Uh, everybody keeps talking about the five first-round draft picks we have in the next two years. Well, I guess now it's time to put those first three in play, see if we can uh, sure up this team. Gruden's got all the power, no GM. It's all him. So I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, wasn't Didn't have a chance to call in after the beating of the Bronco Hose in the last game possibly in Oakland on Monday night. Fantastic Christmas present for the Raider Nation. Uh, but I guess we'll see what the offseason brings. A lot of questions up in the air for next season. Especially a place to play. But as always, Raider Nation for life. Talk to you later. Well, first, thanks for the call, brother. And, well, there is a lot up in the air. And there has been since Gruden took over. So we're just riding this wave, bro. Wherever they play, whatever happens, wherever they go. Uh, who they pick in the draft is a huge thing. And they picked up Mayock as a GM. Sounds like it's a good thing. A good fit. Let's hope it's all true. I can't believe that uh, they would make that move without thinking it would be okay. I'm sure they've already talked over this draft to great detail, I'm sure. I think the team's headed in a good direction. They just need a place to put it. I wish they would have put it in Oakland, but they're going to put it in Vegas. So it was a tough year for all of us. And the condiments is the funniest thing ever. The Kansas City Chiefs, mustard yellow, mayonnaise white, and ketchup red. I couldn't describe them better. <laughs> I love it. Just like the Bronco hose. I said, damn. I love the Raider Nation. Thanks for the call, brother. Um, 
We'll keep rocking this show on until people get tired of me or I drop dead, one or the other. And our next caller is The Prez. <laughs> From Memphis, Tennessee, what is happening, my good brother? Good morning, Lady Nation. This is The Prez. Happy 2019. Let me get straight to the point because I am on the boat and I hope we get a signal and I hope I am coming in clear. And what is that season? It's over with. It was a disaster. We showed a few little pumps and signs that not letting me write home about. I look forward to the draft. I hope that next year is better. I pray that Oakland gets one more year because I think that it is very fairly to say that it would be a shame and tragedy to go out like that. Oakland Raiders deserve better than to do that. The Raider Nation deserves way better to do that. And I would say this very much right here. I'll buy into the tanking. But this year, the gloves is coming off. There's not going to be all this, okay, positive, all this stuff like that. I'm going to tell it like it is. Now, we lost some key players, and yes, we are rebuilding. Um, the Colts and Miller guy, dude, you know, uh, maybe they need to put him in a better position because he sucks. The other guys that come along, the overall draft, I say uh, C plus, you know, they show some signs of Arden. He woke up a little bit and slowed down because technically he should have had at least about eight sacks. But damn, 12 sacks for the whole team? Are you freaking kidding me? Wow. Well, congratulations on hiring the GM who has a little insight on the um, draft picks, so that should be very interesting. And I'm going to say one more time. Mark Davis, I know you, don't, you may not hear this, this uh, podcast if you do. Try to be your hard take off for the chain, dude. Why in God's name would you go through all that? I know you get sued and it sucks and, you know, it's always fine, but it's not going to be overnight, man. Don't take that out on the Raider Nation. Give them a soldier's death. Go with honor. Let them have one more year and let them enjoy it, at least putting in effort. Those guys half-ass out there, you can't leave with a half-ass product put on the field like that. That's pretty much my take. Happy 2019. The three will be in Nashville, and I have the throwdown party that Saturday night as we close it out. I'll mention to it again. And I'd like to thank everyone who I saw. I did go ch- get a chance to go to a Raiders game. Um, we played Kansas City. It was very somber. I didn't want to go. I was feeling a little depressed, and I couldn't really quite get into it. But I got a chance to shake hands. I got a chance to uh, talk to Kurt. He's the first person I visited. Of um, Fabulous Barbecue. And it was just somber and sad. And um, I got a chance to make my way around, and I looked at the stadium. And I was just saying, God Almighty, please, 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 just let us get one more year. Don't let us go out like this. We, we can't. And um, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, salute you guys for hanging in. I know it's kind of hard to do these shows when there's pretty much nothing to really talk about except for the obvious. And I think we'll be okay next year. we got to play. You know, we got what we wanted, the picks. And old John Gruden got rid of everybody so he can do it his way, I guess. So um, that leaves Carr. The fence is in with Carr. Again, you get one more year for me, bro, and then that's a wrap. 
you know, the gloves is coming off. There's not going to be too much positive praise for it to be turning like it is, and I'm trying to keep hope. Happy New Year, man. Take care of Raider Nation, and go Raiders. Great call, bro. Great call. Hey, you came in loud and clear. Well, yeah, the Raiders, like I said, I've said it a few times in this show already, I think they may play right there in Oakland. I don't know about this lawsuit thing. It, to me, it doesn't seem like it's um, doesn't seem like it's going to work uh, for the city of Oakland. So I just think they should make a deal, have the Raiders pay some ridiculous amount of money, and then move on. They might do that, but they might not. We don't know where they're going to play. You're right about Gruden. Gruden's taking up the whole team, man. He's He's running the whole show, including this new general manager. You know, those picks are going to be his final word. Trust me. So what he feels in his gut, that's what we're, what we're going to get. And like I said, he's tired of hearing people saying he won with Tony Dungy's team. He wants to win with his own team. And he's, he's serious. Let's hope he can get it done. Um, wherever they play next year and the year after that, I hope they're playing in Vegas. Good for them. It's good for the team. You know, I hope Mark sells the team, you know, because uh, the team could use some dough. So uh, appreciate the call, brother. And this ain't the end. We're just going to keep going on and on and find out who's best in the draft and what players we could look forward to. Uh, at the top there at number four, where we pick. And our next caller is Ruben from North Carolina. Raider Ruben, what's happening, brother? Yeah, uh, happy new year. Raider Nation, this is Ruben from North Carolina calling in. Just want to say, uh, here we are, another end to another disappointing season. Uh, nothing to celebrate, but here we are. Another season to the end, and now we get the news of Mike Mayock being hired as the GM. And, uh, you know, I got a pretty optimistic kind of guy. And um, just watch this interview from the introduction of the general manager for the Raiders now. And a couple things that gives me hope, and a couple things like gives me a little bit of a shiver doubt in his ability to manage a team, but you know, I think going into this 2019 season, I think the optimism and the bar is set so low that any success uh, this team will have in the upcoming season uh, will be a win for the fan base and for the team. Um, being, you know, how horrible of a season was last season. Uh, you know, he only went way up you know, one way to go in that top. So, um, you know, Mike Mayock is, is a pretty knowledgeable guy as far as, you know, draft, not drafting, but evaluating college talent. And um, he's pretty good at it. You know, of all the talking heads that are out there and so-called professionals, and their main focus is to evaluate college players, you know, for the major uh, networks. Um, he's probably one of the best ones out there. He's been doing it for a while. But the one thing that gives me any kind of reservation, um, 
the one thing he said was that he feels like he's been a general manager for this, um, for all 32 teams for the last, you know, how many years? I don't know. But it kind of gave me a, a, a chuckle because, you know, that's like me saying I could be a good general manager because I've been playing man football on my PlayStation or Xbox or whatever for the last 20 years. I mean, that really doesn't say much. Um, and I know there's a lot of gamers out there. I, I don't mean any uh, disrespect or anything, but that's the way I took it. You know, it really doesn't matter how you know how you feel about being a general manager because you evaluate talent. You just go out there to see you're evaluating talent for the fans out there, and you know the fans to do the mock drafts and all the other stuff you know that you know the football nerds like to do. You know, to create all those fake um, mock drafts and stuff like that. And I just find it kind of funny that he would say something like that, and that's you know the only comparison I can think of right away. But I don't know. I guess the, uh, the jury's out. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, with uh, you know all these picks that we got coming up in this year's draft. I really hope the the Raiders don't make the mistake of you know trading away. Any, any one of these drafts for a, a prima donna um, type free agent out there. And I'm always going to throw this out there because it's, you know, it's fresh in the news and stuff. And I'm just referring to Antonio Brown. I don't think we should give up any picks, let alone a first round pick for a guy who's, um, you know, starting to become a little bit, you know, too big for his own good you know, with his ego and stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm not a Steelers fan or anything. I'm just going by, you know, what's being said out there and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think, you know, especially a team who's trying to build a young talent, need some veterans who can lead and, and lead in a positive way and not in a selfish way. Um, you know, I, I don't think trading for Antonio Brown is it, good for the team. Um, but who knows? I could be wrong. We'll see what happens. Um, I hope it doesn't happen, but if it does, you know, hopefully it's, it's just pretty good and it turns out to be something positive, you know, moving forward or what, whatnot. But um, I hope everybody had a good and safe holiday. Um, I know I did. didn't do much, but watch football highlights all weekend long, wishing the Raiders were in the playoffs, but unfortunately, um, uh, didn't get that, you know, but oh well. Here's to uh, a new season coming up, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Well, thank you for the call, brother. Um, you know, the Mayock thing, I got to agree with you. When I was listening to his press conference, and they asked him a question about his experience with player personnel, and he was very reluctant to um, answer that question. He just said, you know, yeah, I've had 15 years of experience and and blah, 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 blah. And it was kind of a fluff thing. And I thought, bro, you don't know crap about cap or cap rules or contract. You know, you, you're going to have to have some help. You should, he should have just said, I'm going to get lots of help from this guy or lots of help from that guy. I would even have made their name known. So then it would have given me people like for like me, I'd have been like, okay, well good. He's getting some help 
in the area that he needs help in. Now, I granted, he could be a great draft guy, but everyone that knows football, you there's teams that get stuck in this. We were in cap hell, remember? I mean, we're in terrible pro, uh, position with with money. Uh, we can't do that again. And you can't have a guy like this who doesn't know what he's doing um, get too far off the ranch when it comes to money and contracts. I hope that they're smarter than that. I think Gruden is smarter than that. But I was reluctant as well. I understand what you're saying. I do. Now, I've heard this Antonio Brown thing, too. Other people saying, hey, the Raiders have enough money. We can't. No, I don't want Brown. We don't need that kind of, we don't need that. We don't need the drama, first of all. And we certainly don't need to pay a guy that kind of money without a team around us yet. We got to get a running back. We got to get a defense. We got to draft a complete defense, I think. I think we can put together an offense, but I think what the Raiders truly need is a defense. And that's something that we haven't had in a long time. We need a vicious defense, like like the Bears defense. Now, that is the kind of defense that the Raiders typically, back in the day, had. And I think when they draft, they should be thinking about monsters crazy linebackers and and you know pass rushers and defensive backs that are worthy not just you know guys that have had chest surgery just before the draft guys like that but quality players hopefully that'll happen bro with this new gm yeah there's a lot up in the air with the raiders their team floating in the sky right now they don't have a home but uh, they're going to have a home in 2020, and uh, they're going to be a better team, we all hope, because I hope, I think it's going to work out for its best, but I have some trepidation as well. I appreciate the call, bro. I don't think Antonio Brown is coming here. Uh, you know, I would doubt that. If he does come here, that says everything to me, because I think that would be a bad move. I appreciate the call, brother. Thanks for listening. Keep up, because we're keeping up with the Raiders. Well, that is it for this bone line, and that is it for this Raider Nation podcast. Uh, let me say thank you, Randall, Olson, and family, and everyone out there who listens to our show. Appreciate you listening. I know it's been a little spastic and dramatic, but that's kind of how the Raiders have been this season. A little spastic and also a little dramatic. So uh, that'll do it for this edition of the podcast as well. Um, thanks for calling the phone line. Don't forget to call in again. I know there's not too much going on. The playoffs are happening right now. And uh, we're going to see who comes alive and what happens, but... Just pay attention to those fringe players on these teams in the playoffs because those are the guys that are going to be released. Those are the guys that I think the Raiders are going to be picking up. So concentrate on players. Look at people that might be on the edge that teams can't afford because that's who we're going to be able to get. Not prima donnas that want too much money, just good players that we can pay them a decent salary and they'll come play hard for us. I think that 
is what we should look for in this playoff season as well. There'll be big changes in the Raiders as well. It's coming down. There's all kinds of different jobs coming out, coming up. And uh, like I said, the drama continues here in Raider Nation. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. <laughs>